Hey, we are in uh, the middle of a uh, sermon series called Wired for Worship. Wired for Worship. And uh, just so um, we get a picture of what worship really is, it's really not about just the music. In fact, that's one reason in the service today, we're not going to do the music first. We're going to get into the Word because getting into the Word of God and hearing from God is just as much worship, about worship, uh, as with the music. And so uh, in my 20-plus years as, as a worship pastor, I did that for, uh, for quite a bit of time before we planted Lake Point Church, um, I've come to learn that it's so much more about everything else in our walk with the Lord and not so much about the music. You know, as a, as a creative musician, uh, at the beginning of my ministry, I thought, yeah, it's about the music. Of course it's about the music. It's about the worship uh, part of that, but not necessarily there's so much more about worship than uh, that is outside the music. And so as we get into the series, as we have learned in week one, the, the, our approach to worship, uh, we learned from Moses and the burning bush. Uh, our approach to worship, we need to do three things. We need, to, we need to look and we need to listen so we can learn what the Holy Spirit wants to share to us, what God wants to share uh, to us. And so uh, just as a burning bush, Moses looked he focused in on that, and then God spoke. God did not speak until Moses looked. And so that's a reminder that we need to be intentional about looking to God, not just right here on Sunday mornings, but during our week. And then uh, we need to listen to what God has to say, because God wants to speak to you. And then we need to learn. Moses learned something about God's holiness uh, in that encounter. So our approach to worship, look, listen, and learn. Last week we talked about our expression of worship. Uh, there, is, there are biblical expressions of worship that we find throughout Scripture. We read lots of passages that talked about that. And uh, some of those biblical expressions are, are clapping, shouting, singing, raising hands, uh, bowing and, and, and kneeling before the Lord, and also even dancing. And so those are biblical expressions of worship. And so, and, and, and that's what worship is. It's an expression of our love for God. Worship is an expression of our love for God. If I want to express my love to my wife, I do it in a wide variety of ways. One way is we kind of get away. I mean, last night we, um, we told the kids, hey, we're done as parents. We're walking out. We're done. We are, are, we, we're clocking out. And then we walked out of the house and said, good luck. Please don't play with fire and don't let strangers in the house. And then we, we escaped and we went out to dinner and, um, and we had some yogurt. And it was awesome. I mean, every, every, we feel like every date needs to end with ice cream. At least I think so. And so, but that's one way I, I showed uh, my wife that, that I love her. It's an expression. It's like, this is, this is my time. I express love. I spell love, T-I-M-E. And so um, it's important to do that. And so we uh, can do that as well. So that is how we express our love to God, to, um, uh, to him, and then obviously stay focused on him and listen and learn. Well, this week, I'm going to talk about something that, that I really feel like you're going to you're going to listen to this, and you're going to be like, wow, I never thought of it that way before. So, we're, so again, wow, I never 
thought of it that way before. Let's all say that together. Ready? Wow. I never thought of it that way before. Yeah, awesome. So you're ready. You're ready for this. So we're going to talk about uh, God's greatest desire. God's greatest desire. Now, we can all agree that God is a big God, right? He, he created everything. He made everything. And so we worship this, this holy, magnificent, incredible God, and he, uh, he has something that he really, really Desires. In fact, he has a greatest desire. But before we get into, into some of that, there's something that, that there are three things we're going to focus on today, three, three points. And one of those points is that God made me from him, or God made you from him. When God wanted something, when God wanted something, he just created it, or he, or he made it. And so, it's important for us to understand that when he, when he uh, created something or made something, it, it, it's, um, he spoke to what he wanted it to come out of or to come from. So he, when he made creation, he spoke to what he wanted it to come out of or to come from. Now, that is very important as we, as we travel into this understanding of, um, of how we uh, are made from God. Now, there's a difference between being created and, and making something. So creation and making something. So there is a, distinct, a, a distinction. So God created some things and God made some things. All right? So when God created something, he created something out of nothing. So, for example, when God said, let there be light, right? He created that because light did not exist, right? When he, uh, when he uh, created the earth, when he spoke into other parts of, of creation, those things didn't exist, and so he created those things, but he also made some things. And it's important for us to understand because uh, those things he made they came out of something, came from something, are sustained by something, and go back to something. Let me share that again. When God makes something, he makes it from something. It is sustained by something, whatever that thing he made, and it goes back to something. Very important for you to understand that, right? So keep that in, in your head. So when, when you and I say we create something, we, we don't really create something. Like if I were to go to your house and you were to show me a, a painting that, that you created, hey, I created that. I'll say, well, that's awesome, if it is awesome. And I'll say, that's awesome, but, um, but you didn't really create that. You made it. You made it because you made it out of something, uh, other materials, you didn't, say to that, you didn't say to that painting, let there be a painting, and it, and it happened, all right? So you didn't create that. Only God can create things. You made something. So again, another distinction between creating something and making something. Um, and again, when, when he makes something, he comes out of something and is sustained by something, and it, is, it goes back to 
something. So let me share some, uh, some scripture we find in Genesis chapter 1. If you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to look at a few scriptures here uh, in the beginning of, of God's Word in Genesis chapter 1. You can uh, follow along on the screen behind me, and we also have it on the YouVersion Bible app at Bible.com. But in this passage, um, in this chapter of Genesis, uh, we have uh, some examples of, um, of God creating and God making. So in, um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, it says this. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. And it was so. So God is saying this. Look, earth, he speaks to the earth, earth, Produce. Produce. So God didn't create a tree. He made a tree. He made trees and plants and herbs from earth. So earth, produce. Produce. So he made those, these things we see on earth from earth. All right? So it's very important. And, and those same trees, they come from earth. They are sustained by earth. And then they go back to earth. I've got some trees in my yard that used to be alive. And then they died and we cut them down and they're laying on my, in my woods just rotting. <laughs> so they're going back to earth. So they came from earth. They are sustained by earth. And then they go back to earth. Again, very important principle to understand. Um, here's another example. Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. Um, it says this, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. And so uh, fish, they're uh, from, the, uh, from water, they are sustained by the water, and obviously they go back to water. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, just a few verses down. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Animals come from earth, they are sustained by earth, and they go back to earth when they, di when they die. So when God wanted something, when God wanted something, he just spoke it. He either created it or he made it. And so this is important. Why? Because of verse 26. Now, this is where we're getting into the, into the worship and getting into God's desire. So look at verse 26 right there in the, in the first chapter. In verse 26, we see that when God wanted to make man, wanted to make human, he spoke to himself. Verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So here's a point. Here's a point we're making here, what the word God makes. You and I, we come from God. We come from God. We, we come from God, we are sustained by God, and then we go back to God. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, but I, I thought we're made from dust. Yes, our bodies 
are made from dust. Our bodies are made from the, the dirt of the ground, of the earth, but our spirits are not. Our spirits, who we are, is, uh, we, are ma- we come from God, we are sustained by God, and we go back to God. Our spirits go back to God. So our bodies are sustained by earth, and our bodies go back to earth. So, for instance, cows, cows eat grass, cows make milk, and we use milk to make ice cream, right? So, you know, that's an example of we are sustained by, by earth. Uh, we uh, live off, we need earth, we need things on this earth in order to survive. So we are sustained by this earth. And, uh, and I believe that ice cream is something that's really, really important to the sustainability. But so when you think about it, you know, cows... And, 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 and as they eat grass, and they process that and eat ice cream. So ice cream is really just processed salad. That's what I'm thinking. So ice cream is really good for you. So if we are sustained by the earth, our bodies are sustained by the earth, and then we die, our bodies go back to earth, dust to dust. But our spirits come from God. Our spirits come from the Lord, and we are sustained by God, and we go back to God. That is huge. Let's say, for instance, if, if, let's say if a plant, if a plant looks at earth, and this plant looks at the, at, at the earth, at the dirt, and the plant looks down and says, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out. I, I, don't, I don't need you anymore. I don't need you anymore. What, what would happen to that plant? He would die. Yeah. The, the plant would die because the plant needs earth. The plant needs dirt. So that's what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. They looked at God and says, we're pulling out. We don't need you. We're pulling out. We don't need you. And ever since then, we... As human beings, we, as, as God's incredible creation, made in his image, we have been telling God, look, I, I, we're pulling out. We don't need you. And that right there is the root of sin, and that's where it all started. And that's where the separation, that's where the separation of, uh, from God happened. So, um, so it, it's important to understand we are made from God, we are sustained by God, and we go back to God. It's all about understanding God's desire. So God made me from him. Now, the second point is this. God made me like him. God made me like him. Adam was, uh, was a direct replica um, of God. He's like, look, we're going to make him in our likeness. In our image, okay, Adam, you know, walked like, and this is before sin entered into the world. God, Adam walked like God, talked like God, he thought like God, had communion with God. And so he was a, a man in the image of God. Now, he wasn't God, but he was in the image of God. And so he had great, incredible communion with the Creator. And, um, 
And so because of that, God knew something about Adam um, that is very, very important as we move on. But in verse 20 of chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, um, it says this. So the, um, so the man gives names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was to be found. So Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden, and his job was in, is to name all the animals. And so as he's hanging around the animals, he's thinking, you know, none of these, none of these creatures um, really, um, I, I cannot connect with any of these creatures, all right? I'm, I'm not really connected with any of these creatures. Uh, there's, there's no really uh, form of uh, fellowship, intimacy, whatever I can have these, with these creatures. So I would imagine he probably one day looked at God and said, okay, God, we, um, we have a little bit of an issue here. The issue is that I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of lonely. I mean, you and I, we have, we have great fellowship, but there's not a companion for me. I have a desire for something, and that something is not here. So as he was naming the animals and he fell asleep one day, God put him in a deep sleep, and he, uh, that's where God pulled from Adam, created from Adam, another beautiful creation. Adam woke up, saw this figure in the garden, rubbed his eyes a little bit, says, whoa, man. <laughs> That's where woman comes from, right? right? So, so, so he looks at this beautiful creation and says, now, God, that is awesome. I can commune with that. That is great. I believe uh, the, that's the very first time, you know, the phrase, thank you, Jesus, you know, was, uh, was ever uttered, all right? And so he created, God created something, uh, God created woman for Adam, and God makes uh, out of him, out of Adam, and makes a woman from man. Now, how did God know? How did God know that Adam needed a, a, a bride? How did God know that? Remember, Adam was made in the likeness and the image of God. So how did God know that Adam desired in his heart a bride? Because God desires a bride. Because God desires a bride. It's what God wanted. And so God's Desire, God's greatest desire is you. God's greatest desire is you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and if you follow after him, you are the bride of Christ. And God's greatest desire is you. Just like Adam. Adam had a desire, he needed the bride. God needed a bride. God wants to communion with you. God wants to have fellowship with you. He, he wants to spend time with you. Just like I spend time with my wife and we escape and we go do things out, just outside of everybody else. It's just her 
and I together. And so God wants to have great communion with you, just you and him. So God made us from him, and God made us like him, and then finally God made us to love him. God made me to love him. We are wired to love him. And worship is a pathway to which we can express that love. You know, my greatest, one of my greatest desires on this earth is to be loved by my wife. If I was not loved by my wife, if my wife didn't tell me she loved me, if my wife didn't tell me that she prays for me every day, if my wife, you know, just doesn't, you know, send me those nice text messages, you know, every day just to lift me up and, you know, cheer me on, and if, and if I don't feel loved by my wife, my, my life would be very lonely. And so, just like I depend on, on, on and need that love from my wife, God wants that love from you. And you and I need that love from God. It's a marriage. We were created to love Him. You know, one thing about God is that one of the attributes of God is God is, God is a giver. God is a giver. In fact, if he receives something, it's in his nature to just give it back. If he, if he receives something, love, affection, it's his nature to give that back. In, in a time of worship, in time of worship, when you give something to God, he gives that back. It's almost like as a kid playing tag. If you remember the, ga- the game tag as, as kids? And you always have those those kind of maybe friends who weren't really fit. Maybe they're a little slow. And, and you, you would always get them first, right? If you were in, you go out there, okay, where's that short little fat kid? Oh, right there, all right. You go over there, and you go tag them, right? And then you're gone. Well, what do they try to do? They try to tag you back. They can't catch you if you're fast, right? So you, you go, and then the, and the kid's like, oh, man, it's not, not any fun. And then they kind of start making the rules because it's not fair. And it's a, it's, then they say no tag backs. Remember that? I'm going to make rule no tag backs, all right? And, uh, but let me tell you, in a good way, God, God will tag you back. Meaning, if you share love to God, God's going to share his love right back to you. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. You give to God, and God is going to give to you. We saw that in the, in the woman who was, who was sick for 12 years, bleeding for 12 years by faith. She just reached out and touched the, the hem of his garment. She touched him. She tagged him. Jesus tagged right back. You're healed. And not only that, he turned, focused, and looked at the woman and listened. And so this, this woman was tagged by God, by Jesus, immediately. And so that is, that is God's nature. And so as we love him, as we, as we touch God in worship, God will touch you. You know, I love when I'm, when I'm 
just in a quiet place, and I'm, and I'm worshiping, and I'm, and I'm praying, and I'm reading his word. And, and sometimes I'll do this if I'm, if I'm uh, just in, my, in our bedroom or in the, in, in the church office, and I'll just look out a window and just kind of look up to heaven and just say, God, I love you. I just, I love you. And it's almost immediately he'll just speak to my spirit, I love you too. I love everything about you. Love everything about you. See, and you may say, well, well God, I, I desire to be with you. I just want to be with you. You know, I want to be with you too. You know, God, I love you so much, I would die for you. God says, I did die for you. And so, when you reach out and tag God in worship, whether it's in corporate worship or whether it's individually, God will tag you back because you are directly connected. You are wired. You're hardwired to love God and for God to love you back. So we were we were made from him, we were made like him, and we were made to love him. You know, God, God wants to have so much communion with you, and he wants to marry you, and he wants to live happily ever after with you. You're the bride of Christ. And so as we worship him, as we express our worship, as we approach worship, we need to understand we were made from God, we are sustained by God, and we go back to God. We go back to God. And we were made in the likeness of him, in the image of him. And we were made to love him. So what is God's greatest desire? It's you. It's you. So don't think for a single second that God doesn't want to spend time with you. Oh, I've heard countless stories over my years of ministry of people just saying, you know, Frank, I've I, I messed up too much. I did this. I, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable. I just don't feel like God would want to even spend time with me. How can I, how can I get back to that place where I have communion with God, with all these things that I've done? Don't think for a second that God is thinking that. He wants to have communion with you. He wants to show you his love. Tag God, and he will tag you back. You are God's greatest desire. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to say this together. Listen to me first. I am God's greatest desire. Let's say that together. I am God's greatest desire. Say that again. I am am God's greatest desire. One more time. It takes three. Ready? Go. I am God's greatest desire. 
And you know the beauty of that? The beauty of this God's desire and, and how we know that we are God's desire, because he sent Jesus. He sent his one and only son, sinless, to experience and wear sin on the cross and die that horrific death on the cross and then buried in the tomb and our, and our sin died with Christ. Say, so, well, Frank, I still sin. My sin didn't die. I sinned this past week. Jesus has forgiven your sin if you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us, to forgive you of your sin. Your sin died. And so how do we know we are God's greatest desire? Because of his son and his sacrifice. And of course, on the third day, God's desire was his son to come back and be with heaven and rule or reign on, on his throne. So he raised him from, from the dead on the third day. And so you, when you approach worship, know this, that you are God's incredible and beautiful desire. You know, when Jesus was, was with his disciples, he shared with them some snapshots of how he was going to die. Of course, we find in books of, in the prophets, in the book of Isaiah, how he was going to die. But he, he shares with the disciples as they were in the upper room. And he shares with them, look, I'm, I, I'm going to die. And so he, he, he has supper with them, and he breaks bread, and he drinks from the cup. And he shares this passage that we find in Matthew chapter 26, uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, and 27, 28. Jesus says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Jesus was having one last communion time. Fellowship time with his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. A symbol of, of the sacrifice. Verse 27, then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And I love how, he, how, he, how he's given thanks to God. It's almost like, thank you, God. I know this is going to be tough, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to lay down my life. So beautiful. He took the cup, he gave it thanks, he said to them, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So on that last night that he was with the disciples, he had sweet fellowship, sweet communion. So what we're going to do is we're going to have that time together as a church. We're going to have communion together. Now, there's many different ways of, of, of doing communion. And so 
One of the ways we like to do this is on, the, on your right and to your left, there's some round tables there. And uh, we have uh, pieces of bread to represent the body of Christ as a symbol, symbol of, what he, uh, of what he did for us. And then there's also a cup. If you could just take that bread and dip it in the cup and then eat of that. And I want you to take your time and let it be a, 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 just a, a moment of worship there. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to, um, we're going to uh, uh, sing a few songs. And so one of the things we've done, obviously, we kind of flipped this worship service. And so we're going to sing a song about how Jesus paid it all his entire life. And then we're going to sing a couple more songs and let it be a celebration of what God has done, what Jesus has done, and to be a celebration of our love for him and an expression of worship as we continue on uh, into, into our music time of our worship. But what we're doing here now is we're going to have a, a time of worship which you and God. I want to encourage you to either take this individually or if your family's here, we've got our kids that are come back, and you could t- protect this as a family. And there's going to be uh, people at each table that will help assist you uh, with this. But you're going to have time. You're going to have time to do this because there's going to be a, a, a few songs that we're going to sing together. But I'm going to encourage you. When I, after I pray, I would encourage you to, uh, if you're ready, to get up, go to those tables, have that time with God, express your love to Him. You might want to find a place in this room just to bow the knee, raise your hands, clap before Him. You want to dance? Go right ahead. <laughs> but I want you to understand that um, you and I, we came from God. We, we're sustained by Him. So be sustained by Him. Because we're going to go back with Him. We're going to go back to Him. So let your life be a life of worship and express that worship. All right? Let's bow. Every head bow, every eye close. Heavenly Father, we come before You, and we ask You, Lord, that You search our hearts. Help us, Lord Jesus, to see that, uh, that You love us. And Lord, let us understand that, that we are your greatest desire. And that's very humbling, but Lord, it is so true. You are truly a God who loves us, and you prove that to us by your Son. So, God, as we partake of these elements, we ask you, Father, that you um, let this be a time of worship. Let us worship you. Let us express that worship to you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's all stand. Even though there's some other things I want, I want you to have the first of what I earn. And I tell you what, God will use that. And uh, God will touch you back with that. And I'm not saying God's going to bless you with all this new car, new house. We don't preach that. But God will sustain you. God will sustain you. And God, um, God will take care of you. And so that is, uh, is biblical. As we put our trust in Him with our giving, He will sustain us. 
during times of trouble. And we will all go through those times of trouble. If you haven't, it's going to happen. It's going to come. And who's going to sustain you? God, because we come from Him. Yesterday, we had an incredible opportunity uh, to minister to our, our community. We were down off of Glade Road, and uh, we partnered with uh, Cross Point City Church and uh, did an amazing work out there at the Alatuna Resource Center. And our good friends over there, uh, Patrick, who runs that facility. And uh, we were able to uh, do a lot of trash pickup in the community. And, um, and uh, we planned uh, some things for some kids. And then we also uh, built a walking trail uh, around this, this facility because that Glade Road area does not, they don't really have a place where they can just kind of go walking. And so we were able to do that. And let me tell you, we were able to, as a church, give towards that to give, uh, uh, to actually to pay for the majority of that walking trail so that it gives people an opportunity uh, to connect with one another. Uh, it gives people who are believers to connect with people who are unbelievers. And uh, what they're doing out there at Alatuna Resource Center is a great, great work. And so your gift goes towards things like that. And so uh, when you give, we like to just kind of share with you what your gift goes towards. So let's all pray as we uh, ask God to bless uh, this offering. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you, Lord, that you take this offering. We give it to you as an act of worship and as an act of trust. And we ask you, Father, that you take this and multiply it to further your kingdom. It's not about us. It's not about Lake Point Church. It's about you, Jesus, and about you crucified, and it's about you, God, what you want to do uh, according to your glory. And Lord, um, forgive us, Lord, if we try to keep some of that money as our own glory. Lord, it all goes back to you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, well, while you're doing the offering, Jackson's going to have a couple of announcements, but let me share with you. Next week, is um, uh, the final message in the Wired for Worship. Can I tell you something? Today we talked about God's greatest desire. Last week, as we uh, close this out next week, we're going to talk about Satan's greatest desire. Now, we're going to have a normal uh, sort of format for our worship, so we'll start with the music, all right? But let me tell you something. You don't want to miss this message, Satan's greatest desire. I'm telling you something. It will make you think Wow, I did not know that, all right? So uh, let's uh, have Jackson share with us some announcements. All right, while the offerings are being taken up, I think they're already back, they're done. Okay, so how many of you guys remember last week, I told some really lame jokes and you guys laughed at me? You guys remember that? Yeah, well, I'm gonna do that again, so bear with me, you ready? Okay, so Frank talked about some of the reasons why um, Adam was created, right? And then about how Eve was created. Well, I have a couple real reasons why God decided to create Eve, okay? So the first one is, God was worried that Adam would frequently become lost in the garden because he wouldn't stop and ask anybody for directions. Come on, laugh with me, people. Make this easy for me. Make this easy for me. There we go. Get a clap. Amen. Okay. You ready? Here's another one. So God knew that one day Adam would require someone to locate the remote for him. Yeah, there we go. All right. You ready? So God knew Adam would never be able to make a doctor's, dentist, or haircut appointment for himself. Yeah? Okay. Well, here we go. So it's just getting worse, isn't it? Okay. So, and the last one is, when God finished the creation of Adam, he stepped back, scratched his head, and said, I think I can do better than that. 
Okay, thanks for bearing with me there. So now let's get to the real stuff. So um, next week, next Sunday night, we have our church picnic, okay? We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. It's going to be awesome. We've made this really easy for you guys. We are uh, providing the pulled pork and the, um, and the drinks. So you just need to bring a side or a dessert if you're coming, like Frank talked about earlier. So like I said, we've made this super easy, super interactive for you guys. So if you want to join us, get out your phones right now. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah? talking to myself. Okay, so get out your phones and then text this number. I don't know if we have the number up there or not. I don't think we do. So that means you're really going to have to listen to me, all right? You ready? So it's 770-744. Hey, there you go. You don't even have to pay attention to me. 1976. So if you want to join us at the picnic, text like going to the picnic or something to that number. You can send a cute little emoji if you want to. I don't care. So just text that and let us know your name. Let us know how many people you're bringing so that way we know how much food to provide for you guys, okay? That's the simplest way to do it. Also, um, next Sunday at 10 a.m., so you know next Sunday our service starts at 11. Well, at 10 a.m., if you want to be here, we're going to prayer walk the school here. Okay, so um, if you guys want are interested in that, um, just kind of meet in the lobby at 10 a.m. next Sunday morning. Okay, and then lastly, we have a new member class this upcoming Saturday. New member class this upcoming Saturday at what time? At 9 a.m. at the church office. Okay, so this is for you know maybe you're volunteering and you actually haven't you know gone through the new member class, haven't become a member of the church yet, or you just want more information about what being a member of the church looks like. That is this Saturday at 9 a.m. at the church office. If you need directions, ask Cliff. He's in charge of it. He'll tell you. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a